Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, blessings, and a gracious hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be in your area of the hemisphere of the world. We are so grateful that you have taken the time to join us today, and welcome to the It's Real Radio broadcast. We are just so excited about the show that we have today. It is kind of a carryover from the show we did last week, and we had a wonderful time. I was so, 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 so blessed to be able to actually be sitting side by side with my beautiful and phenomenal co-host last week. And so we did a simulcast. So we did the blog talk radio, and we also did a Facebook Live while we were there. And it was so much fun. So welcome to um, the line with me, my beautiful co-host, Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you, my love? Hey, beautiful. You know, I started to drive down to Atlanta. So I can have another live show with you. I had such a ball. And I, I, I'm, I'm not used to that sort of environment. So I watched us, and I laughed the whole time because I was like, they probably think I'm a little ADD or something. I didn't know how to say see it. But it's always a pleasure to be in your presence, sis, with all that you're doing in the community and online and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and pretty soon YouTube, I'm sure. So I'm the one that's blessed. And how are you, beautiful? You know what? I am incredibly blessed of the Lord. I just, yeah, I just, I'm just blown away by his faithfulness each and every day of life. You know, life, it can take some ups, downs, twists, and turns, but God is yet on the throne. He is yet faithful. And when we put our faith, hope, and trust in him, there are no dark days. There are just some days that we may struggle through, but he is even there in the darkness to, uh, or not the darkness, through the struggle. He's even there in the struggle to see us through. So I'm grateful. I am so grateful. And today is not a day of struggle. Today is a great day. It's a day of celebration. And I'm just, you know what, I'm just happy to be in, in the flow of God. Um, we have an exciting guest that is going to join us today. But before I bring him on, I just kind of want to share um, what God has been speaking to me over this past week or so. And I posted it on Friday on my Facebook Live, and, um, and I actually put up a flyer today online on my Facebook page. But God has been speaking about his vision, and I'm saying this because um, it's going to lead into the introduction of our guest. What God has been speaking to my heart is about casting vision of what he is saying over our lives. Um, I did a vision board last year, and I'm seeing the manifestation of some of the things that I put on the vision board. But a lot of the stuff that I placed on my vision board last year was material things and things that I would like to have in my life and things that I would like to accomplish. I talked about being on boards of directors. I talked about being introduced um, into to, um greater networking abilities, basically, and being a kingdom influencer, which God has, has really spoken over me. But what I want to do on next 
Saturday, May 2nd, we're going to do a vision casting gathering on Zoom. It's going to be free. But the, the key to this one is on our vision board, what we're going to be posting is what is God saying about our lives? What is his word over us dictating that our lives will progress into? So I want to hear from God, and I want our listeners and those connected to us to spend this next week just really seriously in prayer, listening to the heartbeat of God for their own life, okay? What is God saying about your future? What is he saying about your present? You know, but also what is he calling you to speak forth into existence in your life that is of him? So, I wanted to say that because the reason I invited my dear friend, Apostle Michael Thomas, to, to join us today is because he listened to our broadcast last week, and he put up a post that I really wanted to talk about. And so I want to read the post so that you guys can just kind of get familiar with what we're going to be discussing today. His post said, a new thing can't be normal. You are all stepping into a new day. Welcome to the world system. They, um, they will do what they need to do. Okay, so the world system will do what they need to do. Do not be alarmed, but this is the natural was spoken about. Too many have exchanged their birthrights for global rights. In his movement, we in this generation have not been in, um, okay, so Foster, you might have made some typos here. But anyway, you can't take the old thing into a new thing. Study. Your soul and spirit is now front and center. Great conversation. Many are natural focus in this supernatural moment. So returning to reforming in his basics, and many are fighting this moment. I would love to introduce to some um, and present to others Apostle Michael Thomas. How are you today, my dear friend? I am well. I'm enjoying 61 degrees up here in northern Illinois. I'm well. Thank you for for asking. How are you ladies doing? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. We're so honored to have you as a guest today. I told um, Tanya that you and I go way back to you used to join me in my hookup in the spirit with our prayer um, fasting and giving ourselves over to the Lord for the first seven days of the, the new year each year. And that, and I'm going to tell you what I told her. I said, I know him to be a man of God, so I trust his word. So this is why I wanted yes, you to come on and to share what God is saying to you in this season. Amen. You know what, ladies, and um, the many of you who are listening to this, whether you're listening presently or on a, a, a tape recording at some point, um, we are in significant moments. I have a mentor in Indiana, and he keeps telling me lately, this is deadly serious. And the conversation that I, I was watching last week, I love the conversation because it it's, takes us into a new entry point, and Elder Coilette, we, yeah, we definitely go back and those New Year seven-day runs that you were doing were instrumental in my walk. And so we have uh, been allowed by Holy Spirit to just fellowship. And through these years, um, it's just been wonderful to keep the connection. And I'm honored to be on this, this phone call with you. Uh, but I want to get back and just deconstruct this um, because this is, the first Corinthians chapter one and um, talking about spiritual matters. So it may sound foreign to a body who has not entered into your birthright and the birthright was given to us by Jesus in John chapter three, verses um, three through five. This is our kingdom birthright to enter into the kingdom and to see the kingdom. And when I, I, I was listening to the language and listening to the communication, listening to the heart and the mind that you all were displaying last week. Um, I don't really jump on too many of the lives, as you know, Elder. It's, we get too busy, and I, I live 
I love living a natural life where I'm at supernaturally. It's really an awesome time to grow and learn. But we are in the days and the fresh morning that Father is reforming. And I begin this journey of speaking this unbeknownst to what we're entering now, but many of the generals of our generation, um, Barbara Yoder, Apostle Yoder, um, a couple others that I, I tend to fellowship together with, have been speaking about this new day. And if we're watching the news, when you're watching the news, are talking about going back to normal. But throughout the scriptures, when Father is moving supernaturally, he never brings in, in, he never returns into a normal. He always brings the children of Israel into a new setting, a new epoch or a new season. And we are simply beginning, I believe, last September into November. We entered this new day, and I keep telling uh, our ministry leaders, this is, I believe, this the last spiritual day that will usher in Father, Son, our Messiah. So this new can't be a new normal, and what we are experiencing with this world crisis is simply in the scriptures, and this is a kingdom matters. It's going before the courtroom, and many don't understand the courtroom of God and, and where he adjudicates, and he, he reigns, and he brings justice and righteousness, and Messiah is at his right hand advocating and mediating, and this is happening from his position of rest. So this new normal um, that everyone keeps talking about, let's get to a new normal, that is contradictory to what Father is doing. He brings us into a new season, and it's like the wineskin in, in, in Luke chapter 5. And I want to just share real quickly because there's so much to break down on what I was wanting to say. But this new normal, when you go faith to faith, glory to glory, you don't go to normal faith to normal glory, right? We go into a new realm, an increased realm, the expanse of the spiritual realms, and everything increases in Father's glory, in Father's uh, universe, in Father's heavenlies. It's like the scripture that reads, and the Holy Spirit searches the deep things. He doesn't search the normal things in Father's glory. He's always searching the deep, the deep, the deep. So where he goes, we go, who are, best word, who are um, cooperating with Holy Spirit. So this new normal can't be a new normal. Rather, it is a new day. A new age is what Jesus talked about. Uh, the new age is coming. So we are stepping from an old pattern, an old day, an old method, an old idea, and being ushered into Father's new day, his reformation. He is reforming all of creation, and he is wanting to know who is receiving the signals, who has taken the cues from Holy Spirit. I spoke about the world, uh, welcome to the world system. You know, there's belief patterns, there's belief behaviors, and there's systems. And we're seeing these world systems, patterns, and behaviors played out in many of our regions, our, our locations. Um, all over the world, we're seeing the world system come to bear in this crisis. Um, but we are and learned we're not to be alarmed about what is happening. Uh, before our eyes and what we're seeing naturally now think of what we're seeing naturally now add your spiritual senses to this what we're hearing in the realm of the spirit what we're seeing in the realm of the spirit because again it goes back to our birthright in john chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 and these are the words of christ unless you become born again you shall not see the kingdom of heaven and seeing the kingdom of heaven is seeing all the realms of the spirit even the kingdom of darkness this is this is part of the birthright Unless you are born of uh, spirit and water, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And this is a physical, spiritual location um, above the firmament, above the universe, that we usher, where by faith we go in, but we have this ability by Holy Spirit to do these things. So we're not to be alarmed by what is happening in the world. And this is why we're not to be alarmed. And some of you may be saying, well, that's easier said than done, man of God, or, or whoever you are, because... Um, 
I'm stressed. Uh, I, I'm confused. I'm getting messages left and right. I'm seeing television. I'm hearing, um, but you're hearing with the natural state. You're he- hearing with the, the eyes, seeing with the eyes. But Yeshua, our Messiah, Jesus promised us that it would be to our advantage. So we have an advantage as kingdom believers. Would you agree? This I'm sorry, absolutely. I was on mute. Yes, I absolutely okay. agree. So I do as well. We can, I just wanted to yep. listen. Okay. So we can only base our truth on the words of Jesus right now. We can only base our foundation upon the kingdom of heaven. No other basis compares to what is happening on the foundation of the kingdom. Because Jesus said, and in, in, from his words to our ears, it is to your advantage. You are speaking to the disciples, so this bears witness to those who are filled by the Holy Spirit. It is to your advantage that I go away to be at my Father. And he provides the helper, the spirit of what? Truth. The comforter. So we're not to be alarmed because as we learn in this crisis to cooperate with Holy Spirit, and I'm learning this as I'm, I'm loving where I'm at right now, this season that we are in, this new day, this spiritual day that Father is shutting down governments, that Father is allowing for the body to hear from his spirit, go into what we see in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 15, and excuse me that I'm all over the place right now, but it's so much to deliver in, in such a short time. Isaiah 30 and 15 talks about going into rest so that we can be strengthened. We have such an advantage as a body of believers. It's, it's nothing can compare to where we are at when we are cooperating with Holy Spirit. And the cooperation simply is this that I'm learning. And I'm reading this book on the generals by Robert Laird. And this is my second go around. Father said to just deconstruct, break this down, and understand what the generals have done in the early 1800s through the 1900s. The cooperation with Holy Spirit is taking the cues of Holy Spirit and following those cues. So we ought not to be alarmed right now in this season as we are transitioning from an old day into a new day because we're going into an awakening. And it seems to me when I'm studying the history of the kingdom and especially as we're seeing the frequency of signs and, uh, from heaven, devastation, chaos, crisis, whatever you want to, pestilence. And this, is, this has been now 100 years since the 1918 pestilence that traveled and gripped 30 million people it took to death. We're, in, we're 100 years later, and now we're, we're seeing the manifestations of what Father is doing to all creation. He wants all creation's attention. And so he is bringing creation to a quiet state so that we can see and hear Holy Spirit right now, so that we can know how to follow the spirit of truth, so we know how to move and have our being with Jesus Christ through our cooperation with Holy Spirit. This is not a mental ascent going into a new day and a new order. We cannot take the old methods, the old ideas, the old teachings into a new day where none of us have ever been before. This is the mystery that is spoken in in Corinthians, where by grace he gives Paul the, the understanding, and I give you the stewards, you're stewards over the mysteries of God. So we're to be stewards, and the stewards are following in cooperation with Holy Spirit as we usher in this new day. And this is a spiritual new day, and the natural is responding to what is happening in the realm of the spirit because you're seeing government systems and government patterns go into chaos and crisis mode wanting to understand what is happening around this pestilence, around this illness, around this affliction that is Uh, in every region, in every location. And I believe what Father is is doing is quieting 
his children from being too busy, quieting his children, especially the ministers who always need to serve, to always be having a platform. And in, in this moment, it is very important that the believers don't do a Jacob and Esau, exchange the birthright for the soup. Come and on hear now. me in that. Come on now. I hear you on that one. Hear me in that. It's very profound That's in the powerful. historical writings of the Old Covenant that too many who are confessing Jesus are exchanging their birthright for what the world can give. There's your food for what the world can give. Apply that to Esau and Jacob. Powerful. And now that they exchange their birthright, they're kind of in this, in the middle. On one hand is the birthright of Jesus, and the other hand is the birthright of the world. You accept the birthright of the world, and you take on the concepts. You take on the belief patterns. You take on the systems that the world can offer you versus all the advantage that Father desires to give by mercy and through grace out of his love from the position of rest. He's doing all this. And he supplies Holy Spirit because it's our advantage but when we exchange the birthright, we separate ourselves from the advantage. And now from climbing up the mountain, you have now reduced yourself to going back in the valley with your hands held high, launching and lobbing petitions and prayers and your supplications, and they're going nowhere. Hmm. Powerful. Teach us by Holy Spirit to read and to read the scriptures, we are told to study to show ourselves approved. Approved to whom? That's the question that each of us have to answer. Who are we being approved to? What are we studying when we have the advantage of Holy Spirit? So everyone ought to be hearing and seeing from the throne of grace because you have the spirit of truth the comforter who quiets the storm around you. Notice in the scriptures when the waves are thrashing and the swells are up, who's at rest? So this old mentality, the old mindset, the old wineskin, we cannot bring with us the luggage of an old day into a new day when Father's initiating the work. He's initiating his movement. And as he initiates, we follow. And from out of my experience, when we have our meetings, when Father initiates his glory, falls in the, in the building, we no longer become servants. We all become equal as sons and daughters, receiving the manifestations of his glory power under his own authority. But we cannot teach our way into a new day where none of us have ever been, but Holy Spirit is the one leading and guiding us into all truth, prophesies to us, gives us what he receives from heaven, does not speak in his own authority, and he is the conduit, the transaction from earth realm to the heavenlies. He is remanded to earth for our benefit. He cannot leave. So this is what I was talking about when I was typing so fast, uh, listening to you girls. And it's, it's his movement that we're coming into. They talked about uh, when you study history, these awakenings, the great awakenings, and the third great awakening happened in the 1800s when you had 20-plus ministers all over this planet moving by the Spirit of God, longing for Father during pandemics, into World War Ones, into World War Twos. And I'm studying this and seeing that 100 years ago was the last massive earthly movement of Father. And he literally shut down governments to produce his manifestation through his vessels. And we are in a greater movement than that was completed over 100 years ago, beginning with John Alexander Dowie from Grandma Etter to Evan Roberts, to Charles Parham. You can go and check this out on YouTube. You can either grab the book, but I want to get back to here. So I talk about the birthright. We have exchanged the birthright, and this is crucial to every believer here. If you don't hear anything else, your birthright 
comes from Jesus. The birthright is like the signet ring on the king's hand. It's there by Holy Spirit. He initiates us to manifest through the birthright. And the, so the saddest thing that I'm seeing since this, this crisis, this health pandemic, is how many Christians, how many believers have begun to trade their birthright for a world birthright. It is like you've done what Esau and Jacob had, what did, and I'm going back to that right now. Because you have taken off the garment and put on an old, defiled, dead, mangled cloak, expecting that to carry you through. It's a wonder why so many are talking about fear, confusion, and we know that Father is not the author of confusion, nor does he give us a spirit of fear. So this tells me right then and right there that there are many who have now traded that birthright. And before it gets too late, repent. Ask to receive that birthright back that you've given away. Take it back. While grace is upon you, right? Mercy is upon you. This is what I was sharing. And the soul and the spirit is center stage right now because Father is waiting and watching to see what he's doing, see what we're doing, excuse me, because so many of us have become center stage. It's become a self-centered existence for some. And Jesus needs to be center stage right now. Paul decreased. I agree with you. Paul decreased. Paul decreased. Every minister, hear what I'm saying. This is a season to be quiet and be like a child and trust what Father's doing. It's not the season to share the stage in a new day, in other words. You will author confusion by doing that. Don't take my word for it. You can look through all the scriptures, starting at Apostle Paul. He sent Paul away to a desert, the Nabataean desert, so that he can be learned in the movement of Heavenly Father, be learned in the movement and the cues of Holy Spirit. So we can't be natural. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just one thing that you said um, that's just burning in my spirit in giving up our birthright is that when Esau gave up his birthright, it cost him his inheritance. Exactly. I don't, yeah, um, that's, that's a really, really deep thing because if you have really tapped into the spirit of God and you understand the importance of your inheritance, you know, it is not something to be taken lightly. So that's that's um, that's a powerful warning, is how I interpret it. You know um, mm-hmm. that we have to really be careful and mindful, first and foremost, of who we're allowing to lead us and mm-hmm. where we are allowing them to take us. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so it just it was just really in my spirit to point out that giving up his birthright, just and, and he did it so casually, and I think we're doing the same thing, just in hearing what you're saying. He did it so casually. It's like, no, I want the soup. You know, not that he couldn't go and get some food somewhere else, but it was convenient for him. This is what's convenient. He had, he just, it was like Jacob was there, Jacob had the stew, and he just was like, I'm hungry, and I want to be fed now. And so mm-hmm. and because I want it right now, I am willing to forego what should mm-hmm. be one of the most precious things I have. And that was his birthright, mm-hmm. which in turn cost him his inheritance. So I just wanted to bring that out to how severe it really was and is. It's, it's, I think that's so, powerful. So what is the biblical foundation? Where is all this in the Bible? because I don't want anyone to take my word for it. I have to land on the scriptures, land on the foundation of the kingdom. And you look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 17, I believe that is, are they not ministering spirits sent to earth to render service to the heirs of salvation? 
to the heirs, the inheritance of the salvation. See, the birthright allows us to, again, see the realms of the kingdom of heaven. See, there's a kingdom of heaven up there, past it, the universe. And for those who have extended into it, we marvel at what we see and we bring the word, the message back down. And then there's the kingdom of God inside of us because this is Holy Spirit's vessel. He possesses you. So angels who are birthright allows us to see cannot come and serve if you've traded your birthright. Mm. Remember, mm. they long to see and look into the things that we are doing. They're the half part of the kingdom. This is why we know in part, because it's a spiritual matter. So if we have traded our, our kingdom birthright, your born-again encounter, speaking in tongues, filled with Holy Spirit, if you've traded that in during a crisis, but yet you're still calling for a revival, you can't handle the crisis because you've given something away that Father's given by grace and what Christ paid for on the crucifixion, and he doesn't go back to the cross to do it over and over and over again when we desire to do natural carnal things because of a natural affliction. So we can't give these things up. These things mean life and death to who sits at the right side of Father. So, so those that are seeking a relationship with Christ right now, not those that should be rooted and grounded in the word and we understand what you're saying, but for those that are starting off in Christ, babies in Christ that are listening to this and those who are seeking them with all their hearts and those who have left the, the, uh, the, the ways of old and starting to walk into the ways of Christ, how do you tell them, how do they know if they're giving up their birthright? I mean, I don't want them just out there repenting, and Lord, forgive me for giving up my birthright. If you don't know what you've right. done to give up that birthright, how would you explain that to people? First, there's no conviction from Holy Spirit that allows that to go any further, a conviction, then you don't take on words that are out there that are heavy and weighted. For the born again, the baby, the novice, the the, the, your, the milk that you ingest is strictly studying the scriptures. Because as you crawl and the the natural senses are elevated in the supernatural senses, so your eyes and ears become glean to Holy Spirit. Because we don't know who Holy Spirit is when we're born again. When we, it's, it's all this is brand new to everyone. So how does the novice, the young, the younglings in the kingdom, the babes, by servants, serving them to grow by studying, by having the quiet time, going in your secret place and being still, being present. The Bible talks more about beholding Father, beholding him. And even if you don't feel it, just being still, being in the, the being being in a place where you don't do anything other than just be still, because that's the position of rest where He pours and strengthens us. Because again, everything has to have a kingdom foundation. Some come to water, so some come to sow the seeds, some come to water. But Father gives the increase, so we give peace and pieces of the seed. And we plant the seed and we, we help nurture the, the, the soul so that the soul can receive the seed as servants so that the next one can come and water what has been sown. And all you're doing as a, a novice is, is absorbing like a sponge. And sometimes you'll have to squeeze that sponge to receive more. And I hope that answers that question without me going too deep. I, I apologize. So if I'm hearing you correctly for the novice, um, they are being introduced to the ways of God, to the ways of the Holy Spirit, and to Mm -hmm. um, fine-tuning 
their receptors, so to speak, to hear from God mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. So yes. if I'm hearing what you were saying, then if that was the case, if they were literally giving up their birthright, and I don't believe, to, to me, a novice probably wouldn't be as prone to do that as someone more experienced. Because that novice, exactly. when we first come into the the realization of God in our life and, and our relationship with Christ, we are normally so on fire and we're so busy chasing after God that we're checking everything. <laughs> we want to make yeah. sure yes. that, yes. you know, we are Amen. doing what we what we need to do for this relationship to grow. That's the normal of, of that novice, and that's how we mature, because if we do step out of line, the Holy Spirit is there to, to actually gently push us in, back into the right direction, to bring awareness to our lives that, you know, no, this is not the way, baby, go this way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I in in my walk. When you say use myself for an example, I found that as a child in Christ, he was a lot more gentle with his nudges. As I got more yes. mature in Christ, the nudges were much more sterner because it's like you ought to know better. Okay, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> kind of thing, you know. So if if I'm caressing in dissecting what you said for that novice. They shouldn't be so so in tune with, oh my God, I did something to give up my birthright, that they miss the loving father that is nurturing them and affirming them and leading them on their path, correct? Exactly. Think of it this way, everybody. In our natural bodies, when we are born, we're obviously we're born into the house. And as we grow, we don't leave the house. And when we go out to the front yard, go out the door, playing in the backyard as a baby, who's looking for us? The parent. The parent puts the boundary around us and draws us back into the house when we, so that we can be safe, so that we can be nurtured. Or the parent will come outside with us. When we, when, as we grow, then we have that leash that gets extended. But that house is going to be the safe house. It's going to be the secure house where you come inside and get nurtured and you're fed and, and you, you thirst and you, and you drink. That's how you look at this. And I'll add study Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, talks, Jesus talks about his purpose to, for everybody, his, his position, his responsibilities, and he does the teaching. Well, I, I'm I'm born again two months. That's you're asking a lot for me. No, not really. Till birth. And he'll bring forth the enlightenment, he'll bring forth the understanding. Um, don't get too caught up in the increase. It's going to come. It's going to come as long as you live in spiritual obedience and in righteousness. It's going to come. And if you meander, you get close to the bumpers, then the Holy Spirit knows what to do. He does it effectively. He's never erred in what he does. Um, as you're with the mature in Christ and you want to be like them, Holy Spirit can handle the guidance, and this is more importantly for the servants, we just have to serve because we, we've all come through what it's like to be a babe, and we're on fire because it's the closest to glory, and we just don't understand we, we're close to his glory. That's why we're on fire, because there's that zeal. He puts it inside of us. That's why we can run around and and it's interesting to see the born-again experience develop and evolve. Don't allow the deep words. Don't allow what you're hearing to do anything other than draw you to Holy Spirit. Remember, test all things. Prove all things. Hold fast. Right? Test all things. Prove all things. Hold fast. Hold fast. You won't go wrong with Holy Spirit as we cooperate with his spirit. 
we will not go wrong. As we cooperate with his spirit in, these, in these, this time of world crisis that is affecting everybody, but he's drawing you inward so that you can hear distinctly. He's drawing you inward, whether you're uh, one month into this walk, one second into this walk, or X amount of years into this walk. He's drawing all of us inward so that we can get enlightenment by his spirit. As you talked about, Elder, fine-tuning. This is what happens. Think of the NASCAR when they're racing around the, 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 the race park. They come in for those cars to get tuned up so they can, they can continue to complete that race. This is one of those massive tune-ups in this awakening. He's awakening you. He's awakening me. He's awakening the babes in Christ. He's awakening his servants. He's awakening creation right now. Just don't get caught up in the world system. So what do you see um, projecting in this new season? That's the fun part. I don't anymore. People used to ask me, and this is because I get to learn the nuances of Holy Spirit. I get to follow where I've not been. This is the mystery the Bible speaks about. Mm-hmm. Unless Father brings forth the wisdom and the knowledge, everybody with the heartbeat's going to walk this mystery out. Do not get ahead of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because we're, this is the new day. This generation has not known this before. Ask, well, when we get to heaven, you can ask Moses. You, re, you walked around the mountain for 40 years. What did you see coming beforehand? I think the, the, the warning signs have been before us. But right now, what Father's doing is judging creation, warning creation. Get in order. Now I'm going to reform you. I can't reform you unless you're quiet. I'll send a disturbance mm-hmm. to reform the thing I love. But we can't get so caught up in the disturbance that the disturbance takes us away and out of his love. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that um, one of the things that I've been trying to focus on on some of my live broadcasts is not losing our focus because we can become overly distracted by the things that are around us and lose the focus of what God, A, is saying to us and what he has already said to us. You know, um, Mm -hmm. there are times when God is very, very quiet because he already told you what you need to do and you're out there walking the wrong direction and ignoring (laughs) what he's already said to you. Yes. Yes. You know, and so yes. you have to back up and say, okay, wait a minute, what did you tell me to do? <laughs> and then, you know, and, and correct the, the um, trajectory of the way you're headed to align yourself with what he's already said. One of the things you just said a few moments ago is that he's been warning us and giving us signs and signals all along. But have we paid mm-hmm. attention to it? Have we listened? Have we listened, mm-hmm. you know? Years ago, I had made up my mind to do something that was contrary to what God spoke to me. And in, in my disobedience, I cried, I cried, and I, I talked to God through my tears and all of that. But he was absolute silence in it because he had already told me what had to be. And once exactly. I gained my composure and straightened up, you know, then he began to talk to me again. But it was like, I, I've already told you, and I have not changed my mind, basically, you know? Yeah. So, exactly. Exactly. And I want to share, I want to share this, but I, I just felt this listening to you by the Spirit. We do not have to understand a matter to follow Holy Spirit. Mm, mm, truth. Serious truth. I'll say it again. Because most of the time we won't understand. Exactly. Father will not explain himself in it. He will explain himself after it. Hmm. If he were to explain himself before it, we would never go through it. Where is that in the scriptures? Go Go to the old covenant and you'll understand there is one 
of the prophets, and that my, my I got so much on my brain, so I'm sorry. I, I need to be more accurate. But he goes before the king, Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah. He doesn't explain to Nehemiah. There's the instruction. Now just do what I ask you to do and follow suit. Even in the book of Daniel, in the old covenant. Now let me go to the new covenant. He meets with Saul on the road to Emmaus. There is no explanation given to Saul, but there is instruction. And we, we just know from the records that Saul follows the instruction. And as he goes through the missions, after the first mission, parts of the mission, he brings the understanding. But he doesn't bring the understanding before he brings one through a mission or a journey. So we don't have to understand a matter for him to move. He is the initiator in this process. You never understood your born-again experience. You just knew you were born again. You felt the manifestation of Holy Spirit and the power and the authority of Father. Very true. Very, very true. I agree. Um, I agree. It, the word says that God reveals in part. Um, and like you just mm-hmm. said, that the angels were, were the other part. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said, because if he would tell us um, and explain everything to us, it, or even mm-hmm. what is to befall us, we wouldn't go the way that he's telling us to go. Um, mm-hmm. Bottom line, Hebrew says faith without works is dead. What is the works yep. of faith? The works of faith is doing, stepping mm-hmm. out and doing. Mm-hmm. That's the work of mm-hmm. faith. You know, if mm-hmm. we are sitting there and, and the word also says without faith it is impossible to please God, why? Because we have to believe in faith that he is, number one, but we have to believe what he tells us, number two, and have the faith to walk it out. So I just, I'm just putting the... the icing on what you just said, it's like, you know, um, we have to blindly sometimes allow God to lead us, lead us. There are times when he will explain, very rarely, but there are times, <laughs> you know, but for the most part, it's like, you know, it's almost like the adage where when you were a child and your mother or your father told you to do something and you said, why? And they said, because I said so. It's really, it kind of comes down to that elementary, you know, that because God said it, you need to go do it, okay? Once you get on the other side and you can look back, hindsight is 2020, because then you can understand and see what he was saving you from or carrying you or elevating you to, because normally those are the two plateaus that, that will be on the other side. Either you are being elevated into something or you are being mm-hmm. saved from something. But it, if yep. you hesitate and not follow him and his directive, then the outcome would be catastrophic. So we have to get to the place of, like I said, blind faith, total trust, total trust. You know, I don't have total trust in any human being on this planet. I really don't. You know, I, I've said this before. Man will fail you. They don't always mean to, okay? But they can't be all things to you because that is reserved only for God, only for God. You know, you can trust in people to a certain extent, but that ultimate trust is laid up just for God. And I can trust him wholeheartedly. Why? Because he's shown himself to be mighty in my life. He has literally proven myself. I'm a person that I, I don't trust easily to begin with. But God had, God showed me his faithfulness in my life before I even gave my life to him. In fact, that is what caused me, and I've told this testimony before, that is what caused me to surrender my life to him. Because I sat up one day and got to thinking, it was like, if you could take care of me and my children in my, oh, my God, in, in my mess, in, in in all the wrongs that I was involved in and was doing, and you could take care of us and save us and provide for us, how much more 
if I surrendered myself to you. Right. So that was what led me to him is how faithful he is in spite of our unfaithfulness. So because right. of that, mm-hmm. I know I can explicitly trust him totally. And, and I think that we get to those levels of maturity because God steps in and shows himself mighty in our lives. Faith begets faith, begets faith, begets faith. Because mm-hmm. God continues to show himself greater and mightier, greater and mightier every level we go. People are always so quick to talk about new level, new devil. But, hi, what about the new anointing in God? What about how he shows himself even greater in the midst of? Because warfare is real, folks. <laughs> okay? It's real. But so is the victory in it because it's of God. That victory is his. So, I just, yeah, this is good. This is good. I agree. If if I can share this with you, ladies, my sisters in Christ, my elders, and everyone listening, I learned this a couple months ago. I am now installing this at the beginning of my day. Because you talked about surrender, and this is going to answer the question of the novice. What do I have to do? Just surrender. That word surrender, when you truly surrender with your hands up between you and the realm of the spirit, it's like the the lighthouse in the ocean. We see the lighthouse. We know where it's at. It puts the, the adversary on notice because why? You're surrendering to the authority and power the Father and his kingdom and the price that Yeshua paid, Jesus paid. So what I do is this. I surrender my mind. I surrender my soul. I surrender and I go through whatever I have to go through from my head to my toes and I surrender it all. There's a song, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I understand now what that means, to surrender. If you're in the military or you're a veteran, you understand what surrender means. It means you are trusting the one that you are surrendering to will not take your life when he wants to take your life. So as we, as I surrender daily, and I do this daily, there's not a day I miss this, I surrender all of me at the end of whatever I'm doing, however long it takes, whether it takes two minutes, a minute, 30 minutes, an hour, on that given particular day, peace follows me. If it works for me, it'll work for you because he loves me the same way he loves you. Just surrender. In this, this crisis, this health world global crisis, this pandemic, and this new day, just surrender. Surrender the mind. Surrender the conscience. Surrender the soul. Surrender the thoughts. Surrender the words that you want to utter that you didn't utter. Just surrender them. Amen. And the worry and the anxiousness and all of the things that this world system will try to bring at you. Um, Amen. Turn out the news and they're projecting news. Just surrender. Mm -hmm. Surrender. Surrender. Freedom comes when you surrender. Greater is he Mm -hmm. that is in us than he that is in the world. Be in the world, but be not conformed to the world. Surrender to Father. Mm -hmm. Not rocket science. True. That is true. Sorry about that. Oh no, that's good. That is good. Um, because we, huh, I know. Um, just a, a quick little testimony. This was many, many years ago, and I met this phenomenal woman of God. She's gone on the glory now, but. Um, she was doing a segment at a conference about headship 
And at that time, I was still kind of in my rebellious stage as far as surrendering was concerned where it came to my husband. And um, and I said, you know, I don't understand, you know, why we would have to, why as a woman, you know, because I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty crafty on my own, right? I don't understand why I would have to surrender who I am to him. And she said something so profound and so simple that it just, like, blew me away. She said, baby, a two-headed anything is a freak. I was like, "Wow." okay. She said, nobody, yeah, she said a two-headed anything is a freak. She said, nobody is taking your ability to lead away from you, but there can only be one head. And God called the man to be that head because he is his head. He said there can't there can't be two heads. Now that does not mean that God has taken away your ability to be in a place of leadership even in your home. And as a help me to your husband, there is that, that place of leadership because if you're going to help him, who is the head, you there there are areas within the marriage, within the home that you have to lead in so that you can help him be the head that he's supposed to be. But you can't be, okay. there can't be two heads. Okay. Well, you're speaking so in the vein that I looked at that. Right. Okay. Because a helpmate is much stronger than the mate when you think about it. The crutch mm. has to be stronger to bear the weight of what is relying on the crutch. That's yeah. for somebody on this. Never thought this about it that way. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's really good, and and we find ourselves. And I can I can attest to that, and I know my sister can too, because she's coming out of some things as well. And and it's just because we do, we have to be very very supportive of our mates. We really really do, mm-hmm. because in our support, they're strengthened. Yes, they're strengthened. Yes. So. All my sisters in Christ, how much stronger do you have to be in this crisis to help your mate? If not all the more, if not stronger. So we're all needed, but our helpmates are needed all the more in this crisis where we find ourselves in. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Apostle, we're coming down to the end of the show. This has been really good. This has been rich. Um, and it, it, I think it, a show like this probably was for a more matured saint, but I think that, thank God for Tanya and her question, I'm hoping that yeah. even the the novice or the, the babe in Christ got what they needed out of it too. Um, but I would ask that you would pray over the people in this last minute that we have. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you for Holy Spirit keeping us, protecting us, guiding us, prophesying to us, transferring all that matters to you from your glory to us. I thank you for grace and mercy that you'll love the least just the same as you'll love the greatest. That you'll love the babe. That you'll love the babe. That you'll love the babe the exact same way that you'll love your mature son and daughter. Father, may these words find root in everyone who has an ear to hear and allow me to decrease so Holy Spirit and now begin the teaching so that your words can be harvested. Grow them who are the least of us so that they can be greater than us, so that you get the glory right now, so that you get the glory right now, that we are a true representative of you, Father, in this time, in this season, in your new day, in this new awakening. Have your will, have your way in this moment, in all of our lives, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I really, really want to thank you, Apostle, for coming on and and sharing with us. This has been rich. It has definitely been rich. And we appreciate you. I thank you for uh, It's an honor. I just, I hope that anything I said begins to take root and may the word back it up. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Come to our, the end of another day and another show, and we will, God willing, be back with you guys next week. Same God time, same God time. Same God time. Allow, the, yes. the, allow God to, to speak. To our hearts and our spirits, once again, we thank God for each and every one of you. Stay safe. Use the wisdom of God to guide you in all of your doings, and we love you with the love of Christ. Have a great week. Let's keep it real.